What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Justin Editor Podcast. My name is Corey Cudney, and I am, you know, Justin Editor. But today I have with me one of the best hosts I've ever seen in my life. You can catch him on Twitter at Snowbike Mike on Twitch, streaming what feels like all the time. He does amazing work. Twitch.tv slash Snowbike Mike. And what I just found out today runs an amazing YouTube channel over at Snowbike Mike Gaming. Our guest today is one Snowbike Mike. Corey, you are doing your digging and I love it. You know everything about me and that's everything <laughs> I want to promote all the time is right. Man, I just I just mentioned it, but I just picked up today on your YouTube channel and I love it. I knew you were doing the hype reports for E3 and RTX and stuff like that that you've been posted on Twitter, but I didn't know that you do them like what seems like daily. Yes, I do a daily gaming hype report, uh, very similar in vain to The Daily Fix, one of my favorite shows, one of my dream jobs one day. And we've been doing that hard since May, every single weekday, Monday through Friday. And it's one I haven't quite started getting out there to my larger audience, maybe on Twitter and on Twitch. I just kind of silently post them, maybe promote them to my mom and dad out there on Instagram. And (laughs) that's about it. So for you to find that, you did some digging and I like it. <laughs> you know, you got to be prepared for these types of things. So I'm just going to jump in like I've been doing with almost everybody so far. And I want to know, Snowbike Mike, if somebody doesn't know you, by the way, yes, I 100% stole this technique from Greg Miller. If nobody <laughs> knows you, Mike, what is your elevator pitch? Who is Snowbike Mike? Oh, that's a great question. Well, who is Snowbike Mike? What's going on, everybody? My name is Mike Howard, a.k.a. Snowbike Mike, and I'm a pug-loving type of dude. And you can catch me five days a week on Twitch.tv slash Snowbike Mike, where I bring the high-energy fun each and every day. And really, I'm just a normal guy who loves video games, loves basketball, loves kind of funny, and loves my two adorable pugs. And, you know, I'm really making a career, making a name for myself off of my hosting, off of the talents that I can provide with the MC work. But we're just kind of growing and we're learning every single day. And that's really me. So what was the first time that you got like a hosting gig? Or was, I mean, like, were you hosting like prom as a kid? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like in high school, were you hosted prom? Or when did you kind of come across that talent of yours that you've got? My first hosting gig would have been Thursday night karaoke, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. here at Mont Blue Casino and Spa in Lake Tahoe. And that became because I knew somebody who was running a production company up here in Lake Tahoe, and I finally worked up the courage after knowing, knowing this person for years and finally said, you know what, I can do that. I could grab a microphone like Greg Miller, like Andrea Renee, like so many people I idolize, and I could probably do that. So I walked right up to him. I said, hey, I do a Twitch channel. I think I could do this. What do you got? And he smiled at me and said, okay, I'll see you on Thursday night. You're going to host karaoke. Little did I know that I don't like singing. Little do I know (laughs) I don't really appreciate overly drunk people that smoke cigarettes in your face. But I got stage time and I got to say whatever I wanted each and every Thursday. And that really progressed into what you see now with my hosting and MC duties that I do around town. Are you still doing the karaoke nights? I am thankfully not doing karaoke. (laughs) I I like to call it putting in my time and effort. I gave it a uh, strong strong year and a half. And then I finally said, you know, the hours and the clientele are not working for me. I'm not very big into music, nor am I a music encyclopedia. As many drunk people ask you at karaoke, what is this song or how do I find this song? And you look at them like, I don't know that song, sir. I apologize. (laughs) But that really grew me into a whole lot of other things. With him seeing me grow, gaining his trust, I went down to the casinos. I did other MC work down at the Hard Rock where we would do different casino events on the actual casino floor, which was a ton of fun. Giving away cars, playing Plinko, playing Guess That Song, different various casino games really helped me grow and put me on the spotlight of now here's 100, here's 200 people looking at you and that really helped me elevate my game which then right after that that is really how i got my kind of funny prom uh opportunity to go host kind of funny prom just a year ago i believe yeah so take me through your relationship with the kf guys because i believe i have heard um that you got it through like you were talking to them all the time on the patreon you're really impressing them so take me through that whole timeline 
you know, that's a funny one, Corey, and it's a great one. I was thinking about just earlier today. So I have been listening to Kind of Funny since they began, right? I was a big Greg Miller fan and Colin fan when they were doing Podcast Beyond. I would see Tim take over the Daily Fix every now and then. But really, I was in love with Podcast Unlocked with Ryan McCaffrey and the guys. So once I saw the Kind of Funny team kind of go off on their own way, I decided to follow them. I loved the content. I loved what they were bringing personality-wise. So I really stuck with them. And I believe a year into them kind of forming their own or maybe a half year, they went down to TwitchCon 2015. Okay. And I decided to pack up the car, which is an easy drive from Tahoe to Frisco. Yeah. Grabbed the girlfriend and I said, hey, we're going to go down to TwitchCon because A, I want some sweet Twitch merch. And B, <laughs> right. we get to meet the kind of funny crew. So we showed up in our matching T-shirts. We got to meet Greg, Colin, Tim, Nick all there in person, which was truly incredible, a really life-changing moment for me to feel their presence, see all the best friends around me who shared that kind of same camaraderie of like, hey, we love video games. We love these guys that are bringing us this content. And I looked at my girlfriend at the time when we were driving back up to Tahoe and I said, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to support them on Patreon. I'm going to support them on Twitch. And that's really, really, I put that money forth. Mm -hmm. I actually jumped onto the Patreon tier because I said, you know what? I want them to know who I am. I want them to meet me once every three months. And so I'll never forget the day. It was a week before we were going to do my kind of funny Google Hangouts. And I remember them saying, oh, man, you know, we really enjoy these Google Hangouts, but it's a lot of these best friends who might be timid, might be scared to talk with us because it's their first time. And it's a lot yeah. of staring at each other through a camera and just kind of general questions. And I said, you know what? We got to make it special. I got to make sure that these guys are blown away. And so when the camera turned on, I said, everybody gather around, gather around, sit down for a minute. And they're kind of <laughs> expecting me like, what are we doing? What are you going to say? Are you going to ask us some general questions? And yeah. I looked right at the camera. I said, what is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Snowbike Mike, introducing you to the first ever kind of funny Google Hangout with your best friend. And guess what? <laughs> Today I am joined with the kind of funny crew, and I named off each and every one of them. And I promise you, if Greg Miller listens to this one, I think I was the one who started AKA because I would go AKA, <laughs> the pure one, AKA. And I would just have some fun giving them all the nicknames. They would be laughing and smiling. And that kind of got the energy. And I'd come in with weird topics like, when do you clip your fingernails? When is too long too long? Have you ever sold tickets outside of a baseball game? And it would just be fun, dumb topics like that. And it really got them all energized. Everybody was talking. And you could tell I could get the whole group involved with those, you know, kind of easy questions. Everybody would answer back, have a funny story. And that's really when we started to oh, I recognize Mike. I know who Mike is. And we went into Kind yeah, of Funny yeah. Live too. And, you know, Colin saw me in the front row with my girlfriend and Colin and Greg waved at me. Colin yelled at me. Then at Kind of Funny Live 3, <laughs> we're up there in the VIP section, dap in hand, saying what's up into Kind of Funny Prom where, you know, they offered me that opportunity. And it's just been a growth. It's been a great friendship. It's been one where, you know, they trust me. They believe in me. They want to see me shine and grow. And it's one of those having your friends, your parents, you know, people you idolize, look at you and say, Hey, I support you. I know what you're doing and I want to see you shine really gives you that elevated, just, you know, strength and growth that you want to have. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in the hosting, like kind of funny prom and stuff like that, are the nerves there or are you just like, man, I got this. Like for, <laughs> by the time you've been doing this, what is it like as far as that goes? Uh, at that time I knew I had had it right. I was like, you know mm -hmm. what? I'm going to come out there. I'm going to be me. And if I flop, I flop. I just know that I'll get another opportunity down the road. Right. Yeah. And kind of funny prom kind of came at a fun opportunity. So the kind of funny crew knew that I was doing my part-time hosting gig up here in Tahoe, whether it be the casinos, whether it be karaoke and funny enough, a week before prom, that is when Tim Gettys called me and said, Mike, you know, we're really thinking about you as our host, would you be into it? And I'm like, oh my God, we have seven days. Are you crazy? This is a big <laughs> event. And of course you, you take that opportunity and you look right at Tim and you say, I'm ready to bring the hype and the energy. You can count on me. And they all started laughing. I was like, all right, I'm going to bring my friends. We're going to do this. And I'll never forget. We showed up for dress rehearsal and that day, you know, a couple of things here. So I have a big background in team sports. I grew up playing basketball since five years old. I played mm -hmm. competitive basketball all through high school, was offered a college scholarship to go play basketball in the middle of Nebraska. 
and just said no to it. I didn't want to go to Nebraska. I wanted to go to California to meet cute girls, but <laughs> I love team sports. I loved that feeling in the pit of your stomach when the crowd is roaring, when the warm-up music turns on and you know that just moments away, tip-off is going to begin and you're going to go do battle. And I loved that feeling of anxiety, fear, pressure but at the same time knowing that you've practiced so hard you know the role and you're going to go perform it and so the day of kind of funny prom i showed up extra early to dress rehearsal i got to be with the crew everybody was practicing matt scarpino was cracking jokes me and big jamie kennedy were sitting off telling stories to each other <laughs> and right before i went up i'll never forget i got to meet yusef mcgeed from ubisoft for the first time ever oh wow. and i said oh man you're so cool i've seen you before this is such an honor and he said oh well you're the one hosting this is going to be a big one and i said what would be some tips from you that you could give to me and he looked right at me with a big smile he said be the most confident person in the room and you'll kill it mike and i smiled i said all right and so right when they said okay mike you get your chance to you know practice here do whatever you want i came out right through the door just like you've seen on the video, screaming, yelling, doing my whole spiel, and everybody's smiling. Big Matt Scarpino was like, you didn't have to do that. You could have just talked, but that's good enough. And <laughs> that broke the talk. ice. And right then and there, I knew the moment that they opened up the doors, I was hugging and seeing fellow kind of funny best friends from the community that I've made friends with throughout the internet. In real life, I knew I was going to be in good hands and everything was going to be great. So is that what it is about hosting that you're like, this is why I love what I do is that, ang that like anxious feeling and stuff like that before it? Or what is it about hosting that you just love? Because you're so good at it. And so there has to be something that keeps you coming <laughs> in the door for the hosting gigs. Uh, I would say I seek that feeling. I get off on that feeling definitely of having that st stomach pit and just saying, oh, this hurts, but I'm so afraid, but I'm so excited. I love that. And I definitely seek it. I think me pursuing the hosting gig is because I know time after time, too many of my friends and family members say, hey, Mike, you're really good at this. Maybe you should pursue it. And I love the opportunity to make new friends, be able to go to certain events, whether it be around Northern Nevada and Northern California, whether it be around the globe and really be able to bring a voice to different events, whether it be for video games, whether it be for casinos, whether it be for prom, whether it be for bar and nightclub parties. I really love getting to be that voice, seeing the energy that I can bring to the crowd and them kind of feeling it and going off of it. You can see the moment that you connect with somebody, their eyes light up and they say, yeah, I can dig this. I'm vibing with this and I'm ready to go have some fun. And I love being the one to kind of be that catalyst, to be that match, to light the flame. Dang. So I'm kind of going out of order here, but you, you've really got me on a couple of different tangents and I dig it. So what has been your favorite thing to host so far that you've done? Oh, man. Well, I got to give some big love to Kind of Funny Prom. Kind of Funny Prom was truly incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, and big love to Greg Miller texting me moments before two years in a row of RTX <laughs> panels saying, Mike, are you ready to say <laughs> something? Can you do something? That keeps me on my toes and it really makes me you know, feel valued and loved and it makes me feel good. And I love doing that. But right now, for me, when I look back on the pantheon of different events that I've done in the years now, my favorite so far was doing the WFC World Championship up here in Lake Tahoe. That is the kind of minor leagues of UFC fighting. And it was so mm -hmm. cool to be able to go into the ring, become Michael or Bruce Buffer, two of my idols, and say, I get to be the one to introduce this world championship fight. I get to be the one to introduce the fighters, give the nickname, bring the energy where the crowd just erupts the moment that they hear their favorite fighter come out. And that was one of the best ones I've ever done. I mean, to suit up, to climb into the ring, bring the energy, come out, me and the cute ring girls all get to sit together. I mean, it brings a <laughs> smile to my face just thinking about how incredible that event truly was. So is that, uh, you know, what's what's kind of like your favorite sport uh, to watch as far as that goes? 
Oh, my favorite sport to watch will always be and forever will be basketball. Uh, I love basketball. Live basketball is, is nothing to ever be matched. The movement, the speed, the endurance, the high-flying abilities of all these basketball players, whether you're watching middle school, high school, college, and or the pros, I love going into a gym. I love hearing the band, the cheerleaders, the parents screaming. I love feeling that vibe. I love that kind of claustrophobic, not really much air circulation going on you can feel the heat start to build as you head into the second and third and fourth quarter and i just love basketball so much and now i found a really big taking into esports i love watching esports from the comfort of my home there's no better feeling than going to an actual esports event i mean that is a one in a million type of feel and i really enjoy that and seeing the crowd build around it but those are kind of the sports that i get up on and those are really the sports that i built my kind of life around yeah, so much so that uh, I believe you named both of your pugs after basketball players, <laughs> correct? Uh, that is correct. So about five <laughs> years ago, before the Warriors won their first uh, championship in this kind of time frame and era, I actually wanted to buy season tickets to the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento is about two hours down the hill from Lake Tahoe here in Northern California. And I was very eager to go catch some games. You know, being here my whole adult life, I really had the freedom of like, can I go see a basketball game? When do I want to see a basketball game? Any chance I get, I can go to a basketball game yeah and i'll never forget it was uh late summer early fall and i looked at my bar manager at the time and i said hey i want to get some season tickets for sacramento what do you think and he's like yeah let's pull the trigger Dang, and so we called him up on the phone and actually went to voicemail and sacramento said oh we can't accept your call right now but if you leave a message we'll call you back and we'll talk about season tickets and I kind of looked at him. I was like, man, that's weird. Like, I thought they would want to take our money. You know what I mean, John? Yeah. And he laughed at me. He goes, well, you know who we could call, Mike? I know it's a further bit of a drive, but we could go get Warriors tickets if you liked. And I kind of laughed and shrugged it off like, man, I don't know. That's like a four and a half hour drive down from the hill. That seems like a lot. And he dialed the phone number up. And Corey, I promise you not. 30 seconds later, these babes were taking our credit card information down and we had purchased <laughs> season tickets to the Golden State Warriors. And not a week later, I was offered a chance to go pick up two pugs from some coworkers <laughs> up here on the mountain. And yeah. it was like, man, here's two girl dogs. What are you going to name them? And, you know, you really hit the nail on the head. Me being a big basketball fan, the first girl names that came into my head were I was going to name them Love and Rose for Derek Rose and Kevin Love. And I was oh, flirting okay. with that idea, flirting with those names because they're kind of girly and they're still some of my favorite basketball players. And I looked around and I said, man, I got season tickets to the Warriors. <laughs> Steph and Clay Thompson are the hottest things on the planet right now. Could I get away with calling these two girl dogs Steph and Clay? And, you know, the rest <laughs> is history. Five years later, they are the Splash Sisters and they're my entire life, these two dogs. It is absolutely amazing for anybody who hasn't tuned in to twitch.tv slash snowbike Mike. Like you said earlier, five days a week streaming. I mentioned it before in the, the mini pre-show that we had together. But tell me about whose idea was the pug cam? How did that come into fruition? <laughs> because I absolutely love the pug cam. You know, the pug cam is a great idea and it was an excellent addition into the streaming roster there. And I don't know... <laughs> You know, I can't say it was anyone's idea. I must have been watching a Twitch streamer and seeing kind of their dog cam. As many of you guys know, when you have that cute animal factor, a lot more people come in and view yeah. and watch and enjoy your streams. And I, I must have been watching somebody. I don't know the name of them, but I can remember saying, you know what? I got two pug dogs that lay at my feet or want to be in the camera. I could just get another camera. And that actually... One camera turned into two cameras, turned into three cameras. So I really have three cameras on my setup. All two of them are facing the pug dogs whenever possible in their different beds and areas. And that really progressed of having the pug cam, letting my friends, my family see like, oh man, Mike is not only playing games, but we can see his cute dogs. And that went oh, yeah. into like, every time somebody would hit the follow button, I'd grab Steph Curry and we start dancing or something <laughs> and people would go wild. And these two dogs, they, you know, I'm the only one here in the house. So these two dogs really, they rely on me. Like I rely on them for 
love and support. And Steph Curry mm-hmm. is 25 pounds. She only likes to sleep <laughs> and eat and cuddle. And so it's really progressed of now that she knows she can be on the camera, she'll just jump up on my desk. She'll sit in my arms and I'll have to kind of jockey the controller around. But it also mm-hmm. gives me those extra views, which I love the adorable I views as I call them um, yeah. <laughs> with Steph Curry, just kind of sitting in the camera, me trying to stream the other dog getting jealous. And these two are definitely a uh, attraction. When you come to my live streams. So what does your live stream setup look like? Are you rocking three webcams or you got a DSLR thrown in the mix or what are you rocking? I have three webcams and it's really progressed. I actually started streaming after I met kind of funny back in 2015. And so it's gone from, I've always been blessed here in Lake Tahoe. I own the home that I live in. It's a two bedroom, two bath. And I've always had the second bedroom as my quote streaming studio or game room. And it's really progressed of, Used to be the Xbox and the Connect. Then it upgraded to a, you know, Alienware computer and what webcam. Then I went to Kind of Funny back in 2016 or 17, I believe, 2017 with the mm-hmm. Greg Miller Industries team. And I saw yeah. their setup, right? And I said to myself, well, I have a whole extra bedroom. I could set something up similar to theirs. So I tried to actually mimic all of their setup from the my green screen, their TV screen, to the desk and the chairs, to what you would see in front if you were in that hosting chair. And so it's progressed into big studio lights, a couple of islands with all the gaming uh, consoles, the TVs and the monitors that I use, and the cameras. And I've never stepped up quite yet. I definitely am in the process, as you brought up on the YouTube channel, to getting Mm -hmm. into the kind of heavier-duty cameras, the DSLRs. But right now I have three Logitech 1080p cameras that do me very well. And for the price point, it's easy to pull the trigger as a small streamer to say, hey, just get a Logitech webcam and go from there. And so these guys have really done me really well. And we'll progress from there, but I love these for what I got. So I feel like... I feel like you not only, like you said, five days a week, twitch.tv slash Mike, Mike, uh, five days a week, but you also stream for like, I feel like long periods of time. So do you ever find any challenges as far as like keeping that energy up throughout the stream? Because I feel like I can tune in for the beginning, you know, tune out, switch to somebody real fast, come back and you're still up there, you know, as far as that goes. So, you know, like I said, as far as challenges go, how did how in the world do you keep that up for the whole stream? Because I feel like anybody can tune in at a Snowbike Mike stream and they can feel as welcome as if they tuned in at the very beginning. Uh, that energy and that feeling all comes from the best friends who come and support me. You know, it's one of those, Corey, I am a normal human being, just like everybody else. I have a nine to five job that I work eight to 10 hours during up at 9,000 feet. We battle snow cold conditions all winter long. And I come home and I say, man, I got to walk these dogs. I got to feed these dogs. I got to feed myself. I need to get warm because I'm freezing to death right now. And I think my biggest challenge always is I'm tired. I'm pooped, but I know this is something I want to pursue with all of my energy. So about five minutes before the stream, I say, no, this is what you want. This is what you've gone for. And the moment that that camera turns on, it doesn't doesn't matter if I've had the worst day, the best day, the coldest day, the warmest day, I'm still going to bring the energy. And the moment that it's on, that's the easiest part, right? I could go for three to five hours on average. And what brings me the energy, what keeps it fun is seeing the chat, seeing the best friends and all of their names that I recognize them coming into a safe and fun and friendly environment that we've created with this community where they come in, they not only say hi to me, they talk to me, but I can see them talking with other people. So I don't have to carry the conversation. They don't rely on me. And I've really found a stride on I'm more of a multiplayer centric type of guy where I like to get everybody involved. I want everybody to come in and play games with me. And we found a lot of fun with PUBG and how wonky that gameplay nature is where all of a sudden you could be playing great, but your motorcycle flies into a tree and it just brings for the laughs It upgrades the the energy and keeps a fun and light environment. So the easiest part for me is the stream. The hardest part is the 30 minutes before when I'm tired, I want to sleep. I need a nap and I just reach for that Frappuccino or Gatorade. No, they're not paying me for that, but I drink that and I say, you know what? Let's get out there and be the best we can be. So you, you said it earlier and this is kind of on a, kind of on a tangent, 
But you said earlier that you're like, you got to tell yourself, like, this is what I wanted. You know, this is what I'm pursuing. And I don't know if this is the same way with you, but I always hear, I believe it was like the first kind of funny, the, it was like that pixelated one with Kevin Smith, the GOG show. And I'll never forget Kevin Smith in that, at like towards the beginning or something, it was one of his famous quotes from that episode is, is he's like, y'all have done this. You asked for everything that's coming from now on. You asked for this. So just remember that. And so when you said that, that just flashed back in my mind where it's like, yeah, you got to put yourself in that mode because you asked for this. This is, this is what you want to do. That is exactly right. I am not here as a Twitch live streamer to bring down the mood. I my goal, you know, other streamers could be different, but my goal always is for you to know that when I stream for five days a week, you're going to come into a fun, friendly, and safe environment where I'm going to have some high energy. You are going to be hanging out with best friends and you're going to feel that energy. I don't want you to come in here and say, oh man, Mike's in a bad mood or oh man, Mike's moody today and it just doesn't <laughs> feel right. No, I can promise you each and every day I'm going to bring that because just like Kevin Smith said to those guys, this is what I asked for. This is what I want. It's not something I asked for. This is what I'm pursuing and actively trying to do. And when we talk about being tired or coming home after work and saying, man, I don't want to go work. I don't want to put that grind in for something different in life that might change my life and the outcome of a career choice. I think back to middle school, actually, I had one of the biggest influences in my life really put that in my brain and kind of set the tone of we were at a basketball camp out in Golden, Colorado for the School of Mines. And the School of Mines is very well known for the high academic rates, very smart school there, but not the best college athletics. And we would go there every single year for a certain basketball camp. We'd stay over there for a whole week. We'd leave our families and we'd just play basketball all the time, which was the greatest. So many fun yeah. stories <laughs> of doing dumb stuff, as you can tell. But one of the <laughs> biggest ones was the starting point guard for the team who had been the starting point guard all four years of his life. He was short. He was stocky. He was about 5'5 five, five at the most and would never cut it as an NCAA athlete anywhere else. But he looked yeah, at man. all of us, and we were all so young and influenceable. And he said, you know how I got here? You know what I did? Every single night, I'd be laying in bed dreaming about what I wanted. And I'd roll out of bed, and I'd just start doing push-ups. Because I would say to myself, <laughs> I know that my competition – I know the people that want this as much as I do. They're not doing this right now. They're not rolling out of bed at 3 a.m. to do push-ups, to start doing sit-ups, to start running around the neighborhood at 3 a.m. and onward because I want this more than them. And so for me, when I come home and I'm tired, I say to myself with that competitive edge, I want this and I will work as hard as I can tooth and nail to fight for this until it becomes reality. And here we are today just having fun, smile on my face and never stopping. So how does it feel to know that there are probably, I would venture to say there is definitely some kind of funny best friends out there that you are the influence to them. And then you are the like embodiment of people can do this. I, I would believe if that is true, that's my dream. That is everything to me. That makes me feel on top of the world. And I know it's not only the kind of funny best friends. It also goes to my nine to five job. Being a manager of a building that has 140 staff members, about 75 on a day. When I come in at eight o'clock in the morning and it is 31 degrees out and it's snowing and it's a blizzard <laughs> and everybody is tired, hungover, cold, not wanting to be at work like anybody else in the world. And I say to myself, I have to be the one to step into this morning meeting to bring the energy, bring the hype, bring the positivity and preach safety and fun to all of these staff members, no matter how much they don't want to hear it, no matter how much they hate that I'm the one to bring a smile on my face at eight in the morning in this bad conditioned weather. I love doing that because when I look around the circle and I'm sure just like you brought up with a select kind of funny best friends, right? I can see the four that click on, right? They go from, mm. man, I don't want to be at work to, man, it's freezing cold. This stinks. And now Mike's talking to, oh man, I just connected <laughs> with Mike eye to eye. He just brought the energy. He just told me that we're going to have a great day together. And I believe him and I want to follow that. That is everything that I could ask for and more. And I truly value and cherish those moments because that's something that I'll live with for the rest of my life. Those are the moments that I'll always remember. And for kind of funny best friends, 
work employees, my family, friends around town. If anybody would ever think that of me, that means that what I'm doing and my purpose and my dreams in reality, they're all coming true. And that's exactly what I want. So how tired are your employees of hearing your hype voice? Uh, every single day you can see them roll their eyes. You can see that they pray that like, uh, you know, a piece of wood hits me in the back of the head. Maybe I don't show up to work one day. They all look at me and go, we really going to do this song and dance every single day. And it's one of my favorites, somebody. And when you talk about connecting with people and leaving a lasting memory, right? Oh, yeah. One of our former employees who was a great friend of mine who really, you know, didn't ever want to hear my dumb speeches. He moved away a couple of years back. And when a meme came out of this little redheaded kid smiling in his yearbook photo and the photo <laughs> said, this is that one coworker who's always smiling and saying hello to you at eight o'clock <laughs> in the morning when you clock in, he said, and he goes, Oh look, I found you as a child. That one made me oh smile of like, that's what I want people to think of me as. I want them to know that, you know, I might've had a bad day. I might dread going to work, but if we pick our attitude, if we come in with some fun and some energy, we can make the day go by so much faster, make the day way more enjoyable. And just like that, that's how I want to be known. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I'm going to pivot a little bit from here because you brought it up a couple times and it, it's really piqued my interest on here. Uh, you've mentioned that an early influence and a kind of dream of yours is to host and be on like the daily fix. Mm -hmm. So my question for you on this one is what drew you specifically to the daily fix to be like something that you're like, Oh man, that, that would be amazing to host one day. Uh, you know, I really look at the daily fix as one of the things that I'm passionate about. One of my dreams, one of the things I wish I could host. And I think what really brought me to it was seeing IGN always promoted every single day, whether it be Naomi Kyle, whether it be Tim, Bobby, or Ryan McCaffrey, anybody it was really cool to see. Yes. Back in the day when I was watching it religiously, it was always Naomi and she would step up there. She would give you the quick brief news, the headlines, maybe her opinion really quick, and they'd get it done in about five to 10 minutes. And I really enjoyed that of, Hey, I wish I could be that news anchor. I wish I could be the one to say, hey, here's the three biggest gaming stories that you need to know about. Give you a quick synopsis of the story. Tell you, man, I really like that Bethesda conference. Or, oh, I didn't like that as well. But let's move into story number two. And seeing them look dead into the camera, have the confidence. You could tell that they truly enjoyed that. And it was a team effort. That was one of those things that drew me to it. And I said, that's what I want to do. If I could choose anything, if I could be anywhere, I would wake up tomorrow and I'd be down in San Francisco at the IGN office and they would say, hey, Mike, get in front of the camera. Did you prepare your stories really? or do you know what's big? And I would say, let's rock this. Because right now, as Corey brought up earlier, I if you want something, you go make it happen and you do it yourself. And eventually maybe somebody will see it or you'll grow and you'll become better at it. And back in the day, a couple of years ago, I was doing this and I kind of fell off of it. I got tired. And since May now, every single day, I put all the stories together. I find them from the different news outlets that really resonate to me. I come home after streaming for four hours, after working for a 10 hour day. And at midnight, I stay up and I do the news. I stare dead into the webcam. I grow as a host, whether it be intro, whether it be reading the news stories, giving my opinion, doing the outro, and I grow doing that all. And it gives me a great excuse to practice something that I love and look forward to, okay, this is what it would take to one day try to do that if I really want to pursue that as my life. That is so interesting that that's like where you want to go and stuff, because this is a fun fact about me that I've never shared on like anything uh, lately. When I was 14, I want to say it was, I started my first YouTube channel and I was doing daily gaming news videos. <laughs> so that is so funny that that is kind of, I mean, I dropped it, but uh, I, that, that was something that I, I look back on now and I'm like, oh man, I've made some really stupid jokes that are like just not even funny like they're just <laughs> they're just dumb and so that's so funny that that's because that's for me it was achievement hunter weekly update was a big influence for me uh so to hear about daily fix being yours it's just it's super awesome to hear about so 
Isn't it cool? And you can see the growth every single day. You can tell the jokes either get worse and worse, or maybe you're like, you know what? That was actually <laughs> kind of funny or topical at yeah. the time. And it's always fun to look back. And that's been kind of the coolest stuff of me doing more of the hosting and on camera stuff. I can really look back and say, man, look at where I was a fun one to really look at. If you ever want to go back in the archives is look when Greg Miller put out the call and said, Hey, we're going to invite some kind of funny best friends down here to be my interns for the day to delete my PSN friends. And I remember seeing <laughs> countless best friends upload their videos and me say to myself, well, I don't know how to operate Adobe Premiere. I don't how I don't know how to do any of that. And I did a one take two minute long video where I stared directly at the camera. I looked like an idiot and I sent it off. No editing, no polish, no nothing. And it was just one of those. I felt so good about myself afterwards saying I put myself out there. I tried it and look at where I am today where I can poorly operate Adobe Premiere. I <laughs> do so much better in front of a microphone and a camera where I feel confident I could do anything. So I was about to ask earlier because I that had completely slipped my mind. Is that where Greg Miller Industries came from? Uh, yes. So Greg Miller Industries was a call out from Greg Miller who said, hey, I have too many PSN friends on my friends list and I need to delete <laughs> them. I'm going to bring down one kind of funny best friend, pay them $50 and they're going to be allowed to be on the set, on the shows, and they will delete my PSN friends. Now, here's the catch, everybody. Snowbike Mike <laughs> loves video games, does not know many names within the video game industry where I would feel confident ever going behind Greg Miller's PSN friends list and not deleting <laughs> yeah. a Geo Corsi, not deleting a Shuhei Yoshida because I might do that. You know what I mean? And so there I was mm -hmm. at the time. 100%. <laughs> hoping as he brought four of us down there and it was all random. We didn't get to choose which one we were. And he said, okay, everybody line up. And I, I kind of st stood to the back. And the first one was Mikey. He goes, Mikey Double D Doherty, guess what? You get my friends list. Good luck. Start deleting people. Oh, A-Rock, come on over here, A-Rock. You get to be on Jen, my love of my life wife's PSN friends list. I want you to add her <laughs> friends. And I'm thinking, oh, thank God I didn't have to do any of those. And then he goes, Mike, you get Nick's PSN account. You can do whatever you want with it. And I was like, yes, I get to do anything. And this will be the easiest task ever and had a blast getting to do that. Did you actually do anything with Nick's PSN profile? I took Nick's PSN profile from 30 friends to 169. I wanted to end on 69. Uh, I put a call out in the middle of the morning show that morning. I said, if you say Snowbike Mike is awesome, or if you say butthole like Nick's catchphrase used to be back in the day, mm -hmm. I will add yeah. you. And I was flooded with Nick's PSN friends list just people everywhere add me mike i hate you mike add me i love you mike and i would just start pressing <laughs> buttons and i got past 69 i got to 100 i could have probably added a thousand people if i wanted to there were so many people <laughs> and i ended on 169 i was like okay maybe let's stop adding people because this is getting out of hand and it won't stop upticking and it was a great experience it was a lot of fun what has been your favorite memory from all the kind of funny visits that you've now racked up Oh, man, what are some of my favorite visits? Because we've been there a couple of times now. What are some of my favorite ones? Man, I mean, you'll never forget the Greg Miller Industries one. That was our first time. Mm -hmm. That was me, Mikey, A-Rock, and Greg all dressed up in the Greg Miller uniform, which was a white <laughs> button-up and black tie. People thought we were Mormons. It was really fun <laughs> of, you know, the week before they got to write down all of our topics, and I saw – you know, Mikey read about dumb kids doing dumb stuff. And I'm like, well, good. I got great dumb kids stories that I used to do to, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to put in the story where Chuck Liddell got me backstage and snuck in to a bass nectar concert. And some great stories what? came from that. <laughs> and if you haven't listened to the episode, it was a great experience. I got to tell some great stories and that really took things off. But when I think back, if you really had to pinpoint one, it would have to be, Gifted Dim and Riri's wedding was beautiful, incredible, mm -hmm. an opportunity of a lifetime to be there to support them. And the guys and gals went above and beyond to make them have the most special of days. I mean, they converted the whole studio. We had DiGiorno. We had champagne. We went to dinner on the beach with the whole team. I mean, we got treated to a lap of luxury there, which I'll never forget. But one that always will stand out for me and I'll never forget 
Mikey and Snowbike Mike take over kind of funny games daily. Yeah, we were that really one at out the of my head. exactly. We were really there at the precipice of Greg Miller and the team inviting new and young voices to come in and really get their shine. And for us, it was a different experience. A lot of these guys and gals got to go on and it was Greg with them, right? So you had this awesome, incredible personality, this veteran in the industry who was so good at playing off one another, who knew how to kind of guide the conversation with somebody maybe a little bit weaker or a little more nervous in that situation. And I'll never forget the phone call of, Mike, it's going to be you and Mikey. We're out of town. And the only person <laughs> in the office will be, you know, Kevin. Good luck. And we were like, oh, <laughs> Good luck. okay. And so there it was. Me and Mikey drive down early in the morning, all the way down. I mean, I left my house at 10 p.m. the night before, arrived at 2 a.m., woke up oh at 8 a.m. to get into the studio by 9, go online by noon, I think it was the time back then. Mikey mm-hmm. was up in Tahoe on a vacation. He drove down from Tahoe at 4 a.m. to arrive on time before that. You want to talk about feeling that that pit in your stomach feel the butterflies feel the emotions <laughs> there is mikey double d doherty and snowbike mike about to take over one of the biggest gaming podcasts on the planet with no real reason to be there we were just invited and we were there and i'll never forget i looked at mikey i said i got this for day number one we're gonna run this and kevin's in the background he's cheering andy's in the other room banging on the wall we're getting the energy on <laughs> and the, the lights clicked we crushed it. I blacked out. The lights turned off and everybody cheered. I mean, Joey came in the room. Andy came in. Kevin was there. And, oh, my God, that was so great. I'm slapping Mikey silly with so much joy and energy. <laughs> and for us to do that and anchor that two days in a row with no real guidance, just the you know belief and the encouragement from Greg, Tim, and Nick, and them to say, you got this. You can do it to what happened there was an experience of a lifetime I'll never forget. And I know Mikey will never forget at he's as he continues to grow and does his own thing down in the Bay area. So you've been doing the Twitch channel for a while at this point, I'm still at the, uh, at the, you and you and Mikey taking over. So you've been doing the Twitch channel for a while. Does it feel different for you to go from hosting in front of people and feel that live feedback to now being in a professional studio like Kind of Funnies to where you're just talking to a camera and you're not necessarily getting that immediate feedback from like a crowd of people. Does that feel different or how do you kind of compensate for that? You know, of course, it totally feels different, right? You don't get that instant gratification. You don't know if the chat's feeling it or not. You don't know if the audience is vibing with that, which I've really grown in tune with to know what works, what doesn't. It's like a DJ spinning your favorite song and then hitting a country song. And you're like, hold up, hold up. That's not the vibe of this club. But I think for us, what really worked for me was getting to see Kevin smile from over the monitor, getting to see Joey poke her head in as go as she goes, wow, this is actually semi-decent to knowing Mikey <laughs> is getting more confident and more confident after every single time he speaks, right? You're playing off mm-hmm. your partner in that situation where it's just the two of you in a habitat that you're not comfortable with. You don't know that well. And so when it's just us two, I play off of my counterpart, right? So when I get Mikey smiling or when it was me and Fran recently and I can see Fran smile or he cracks a laugh or he starts to vibe on the conversation, that's when I know I'm doing everything right. And it doesn't matter what the outside noise says. As long as everybody in this room is feeling it and vibing with it, that's my goal and that's my desire. Man, that's a perfect answer. I loved it. So on the shoutcasting side of things, my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I have noticed that it's really it's picked up a lot lately. So tell me, how did you come across kind of doing that as a thing on your Twitch channel and stuff like that? Well, you know, just like I said earlier before, if you want something, you go out and make it happen and you you do it, right? And so I have fallen in love with esports over the years. I really enjoyed watching League of Legends sell out the Staples Center, one of my favorite basketball arenas on the planet, in like 30 minutes right back in the day to seeing the shoutcasters, the analysts, the host kind of really bring the elevation of that broadcast instead of five guys playing video games right against each other. And so I've really Mm. taken a big liking into shout casting. It's something where everybody says, Hey Mike, you're good at this. or you're good at that. 
And it's, well, I like esports. I like video games. I like talking a lot. So maybe shoutcasting could be an avenue for me. And back in yeah. 2016, the end of NBA 2K16, heading into 2K17, where the NBA 2K League was announced, I remember them talking and following a call of duty shoutcaster that I really admired, really looked up to his name was Dirk and Dirk all of a sudden was like, Hey, I'm really good at call of duty. I'm going to come over to the 2k world and I'm going to bring a voice to these events. And all of a sudden I'm watching Dirk and I'm saying to myself, well, I could do that. And I reach out to the same pro-am community tournament team from WR MPBA and MCPA. And I say, Hey, I, I could do that. I know Dirk is very busy. I could step up and, they gave me the chance. Now, all of a sudden, I'm pretending to be Marv Albert. I'm pretending to be Mark Jackson <laughs> here on the sidelines of, hey, LeBron James is bringing the ball up. He stops. He pops for three. And getting to bring a voice to those events have really helped me grow. And that gave me the bite and the itch of, wow, I like that. I want to do that because now I'm bringing the energy. I'm painting a picture just like on radio broadcasts of the game to the audience, which is really cool. And it's so rewarding to see the chat or hear people in the audience say, man, this guy's really good, or this is a lot of fun. This is better than watching this tournament and just having the kids' voices on where they might go dead silent. They might just be cursing and yelling at each other to bring that really elevates it. And when we went to TwitchCon in 2018, just last year, we were down at the esports panel and we really got to meet some hosts. We got to see what agencies were like. And the one guy I'll never forget, just like the guy back in the basketball camp said, he said, if this is something you want to do, you should be doing it right now. Yeah. Perfect example was this girl, blah, blah, blah. She came to TwitchCon last year, bought a microphone, ran around and did different studio interviews, cosplay interviews. <laughs> and now she's hosting for Twitch every now and then. Dang. And I looked right at my friend Christian that moment. I said, well, we know what we're doing tonight, don't we? And he smiled. We went to Best Buy, bought a microphone. And the next day I was on TwitchCon running from booth to booth, interviewing anybody we could. We're doing vlogs. We're laughing. And from that point forward, I said, how do I put this into shoutcasting? As we know, you really got to be a top tier talent. You got to kind of know people to get into the higher professional scene. But what can I do? How can I make my own? And if I'm broadcasting five nights a week on Twitch, why don't I just do it myself? So that kind of led into the Snowbike Mike Sunday tournament series. So each and every oh, weeknight, yeah. I'd take one of my nights over and I'd let all of my best friends vote. I'd say, hey, you want to play Mario Kart? You want to play Mortal Kombat? You want to play Smash Bros? You want to play Mario Tennis? And all selfishly shoutcasted. So now I get a great play on my Twitch channel, right? I get all of my friends coming out to play games with each other, which is everything they want to do and more. They get to compete for a fun little cash prize that I put out of my pockets. And I get to selfishly shoutcast it where now we're here on week 19, week 20, and we've had a blast shoutcasting. I've brought on friends. They've got the shoutcast. I've got to grow and really make a scene out of that. And we've elevated that. We used to do Apex Legends tournaments right when that was getting big. <laughs> we would just get mm -hmm. random people and you would see top tier talent come into my Twitch channel to play Apex Legends where they are doing things that I could never imagine doing in that video game. <laughs> and there's me, Kevin, and Tay, who really those two take the grunt of it, right? Kevin helps me so much on the back end, figuring out what game can we play? What has a spectate mode? How can I help Mike to ensure that he can go out and pursue his dream? And him and Tay come together. They sacrifice their time, their energy every Sunday and or Friday night. And they say, you know what, Mike, I'll be there for you. I'll be someone to talk to because no matter what broadcast you see, it's never just one guy. Yeah. It'll always be a duo or a trio. They'll play off of each other. And so those two sacrifice for me to where I'm yelling, they're laughing. I'm like, this is the greatest experience ever, Kevin. Can you believe it? And Kevin's like, yeah, I'm like, this is a good time. Like, I'm happy you're having fun. And so it's great to have those two in my corner. And of course, the whole community as a whole really comes out and shows out no matter what I do. And it's fun to see when I go out to these NBA 2K events and I start to shoutcast with them. This is on a different channel. This is on a game that many people don't even like. This is a true sport. This isn't like Apex or Fortnite where kind of the general audience can get behind it and kind of dig it. This is like, do you like virtual basketball? Well, this is what I'm doing. It's a niche audience. And one of my favorite things to do is while I'm shoutcasting, when I look at the chat, 
all of a sudden I'll see a best friend like Manderpants or Omega gifted him and Ray. All of a sudden they're throwing pugs mm-hmm. in this other channel's chat and nobody <laughs> knows what that means except for me. And I'm like, that's awesome. My friends have come to support me on something I know they don't want to watch, but it's so cool that they come out and they say, Hey Mike, we support you. We love what you do and keep having fun. And just that one two, four, seven pugs in the chat. I'm like, oh man, look at how cool this is. As everybody else in the chat's like, what's this person's deal? What are these things, you know? <laughs> putting pugs in this chat. <laughs> that is one of my, in, in my opinions, one of the greatest strengths to you. And I guess it is also really to the greater kind of funny community as a whole is really that interaction. And like you say, with the, with the Sunday tournaments. And like you mentioned earlier, I mean, with them being able to, talked with each other and intermingle and everything like that. And it really does build that best friend community. And like you said, they'll follow you to other chats and everything like that. And that's one of the great advantages I think you and the kind of funny group has is the just dynamic relationship that you have with that audience. It's, it's astounding to witness. Oh, it's, it's truly special. And when Greg Miller and Tim and all of that gang down there really preach about everybody being best friends, everybody being kind and encouraging to one another, that is so true. And I have lived it ever since I went on with Greg Miller Industries, ever since I've done X, Y, and Z. For perfect example, we were down at RTX this year in Austin, Texas, where you know, people can make it, some people can't make it. It's very expensive. And we were able to convince about 40 of our, you know, tight knit best friends that are part of my community and part of the larger kind of funny community to come down there on their own dime and spend a whole weekend together where we celebrated, we partied, we had fun, we engaged, we got to know each other. And we really took that friendship from here's the screen name to here's a face and a moment that I'll never forget in my entire life. And for them to celebrate me celebrate kind of funny and rooster teeth as a whole was so special we had a great meet and greets we had a great meetup where you know they all surprised me with a fun one of here's a cake here's some gatorade bottles and here's a moment where all of your friends are around you telling you how much you mean to them how much this community means to them and how much they appreciate you and appreciate how much you're growing and it's so great and it's something I wish I could relive every single night because I loved embracing them. I love telling them how much I care for them and how much I appreciate their support. So as we wind down here, Mike, uh, I'm going to ask you something that I've been asking a lot of people so far. 10 years from now, 15, you know, dream scenario. You kind of mentioned it earlier, so I think I may know where you're going with this. Where is Snowbike Mike? What is he doing? So the easy dream scenario would tell you I would be the next face or personality of IGN to do the daily fix. That's an easy one. That's one I dream about every day. But really, I have two goals, and that is either the IGN route or I would hope to be one day the next big shoutcaster, just like Golden Boy, where I can transcend the video game. I can go host a Fortnite tournament the next week, go host a Gears of War 5 tournament the week after that, go host a Halo, go host a Minecraft, go host a farming simulator where I can be the one to bring the energy, hype up the crowd, introduce the game, be knowledgeable on the game throughout the broadcast where you can tune in with your mother, your grandmother, your aunt, your uncle and say, hey, I'm watching the Fortnite World Cup right now, and Snowbike Mike is going to bring the energy, and he's going to tell you what's going on on this screen so you understand what is actually happening. And that would be the dream is becoming the next big thing in the esports broadcasting world. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to follow Snowbike Mike and you want to support him in his journeys, please go to twitch.tv slash Snowbike Mike. Catch one of his shoutcasts. He is amazing. Hit him up on Twitter at also Snowbike Mike. This has been the Justin Editor Podcast. My name is Corey Cutney. You can hit me up on Twitter at Corey Cutney as well as at Justin Editor Pod. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're hoping to be on Spotify. You know, I've heard that's a rocky road to go down, but you know, whatever. Thank you so much, Mike, for being on tonight. Corey, as just an editor, you did a terrific job as just a host. Thank you so much for having me on and bringing me out to your audience. This has been a blast. You did an incredible job, and I had so much fun. Thank you for the time. Thank you. And everybody, I will see you in the edit bay.